Okay. I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best to not say like and not say um and not leave any gaps. But I guarantee it, I'm going to do all th- all three things in the first five minutes. I'm, I'm with you there. There'll be plenty of okay. likes. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Consistently OK podcast. My name is Luke and I am joined, as always, by Nick. How are you, Nick? Hello there. Yeah, I'm all good. All good, mate. I'm actually really excited to do this. I am excited too. I'm a little bit under the weather. My voice has changed slightly from uh, other podcasts, but uh, bear with me if I do uh, I do get a little bit worse as this goes on. But fingers did, crossed. Did you just rewatch Spider-Verse and then just start yelling at periods when it was really awesome? I did, yeah. I actually think it comes from uh, from laughing several times yes. at Spider-Verse. But that is, uh, that is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the 2018 film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is a, a big favourite of both of us. For my side of things, actually, recently, although I own it on several other platforms, it just landed on Netflix in this country. So I don't know. Has it just come on Netflix in the UK as well? No, I think I saw it. It's due on there the other day. I bought the blu-ray of it recently actually this is this is why i texted you and said we should talk about it because it was the first time i'd watched it since cinema i i have it on i think i have it on blu-ray i definitely bought it on itunes because i was waiting for my copy to come in the post but i was desperate for my wife to see it so i downloaded it when i watched it this morning well i'm spoiled for choice but i was like oh it's on netflix let's try it on netflix even though there's no <laughs> difference whatsoever but i went for netflix i i mean we'll just start generally about what we our expectations for what the film was before it came out we'll go kind of go and try to do it a little bit chronologically of like uh, our experience with the film but i remember when this was announced and i was not sure about what it was exactly i was a huge fan of the comic series uh, the dan slot spider-verse series i was a big fan of spider gwen big fan of the bender's run of mars morales when that first came out the ultimate spider-man comics and obviously from the title alone into the spider-verse you could kind of gather that you weren't quite sure what characters were going to be in it, but you knew there were going to be at least several ones from the comic. I, I think I was sure Spider-Gwen was going to be in there. Obviously, we knew Miles Morales was going to be the main character from the original announcement, and Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man was going to be in it. And I, when I heard it was an animation, I had no idea what to expect, but I do remember seeing the first trailer and thinking holy shit, this looks so different to so much other stuff that I have seen. And it's such a good take on this universe. And a huge deal that Mars Morales was the main character because obviously it would have been really easy with the way it looked for it just to be another Peter Parker Spider-Man film. But they they went with the Mars Morales route and it it worked, um, obviously, when we talk about how the film was. But you were excited when you saw it announced and things as well? Yeah, I think it was a couple of things actually. So I think I, um, I think they released like a image first, which is just yeah, sort of like was, the introduction. Like logo, yeah, and so they put out some like tease stuff for it, and I just thought this looks really cool. It was really unique. And then yeah, I remember seeing the first trailer, and it, I just thought it didn't, it didn't look like any other animation I'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, and also being a Spider-Man fan, I was just this looks amazing like it has the potential to be my favorite spider-man film just based off of the trailer which is always quite a big big thing i think um i can't remember if it was the the first or the second trailer when it was like nighttime new york city with mars Morales, and he's on top of the building and he jumps off yeah i think that's the first trailer that i, I remember. think it is in the first yeah 
But and I was sold. I was sold on it then because not only that, but I had the which we will definitely talk about is the soundtrack. I, I'm pretty sure I had. Um, uh, so I can't remember what the song was, but whatever song it was at the time, I was like, "Wow, that's a it's just a great choice of song as well." Yeah. And it just all kind of came into one. It was a very short trailer as well, but it was just enough to not give too much away, but also get me super interested in it. Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure they did they attach a post credits to Venom. I think they showed like the the cemetery yeah, scene where you so at the end of yeah. Venom. Yeah, if you stayed yeah. Venom, you got. 10, 10 minutes. Yeah, and which is pretty probably sure was... the best part of Venom, to be honest. But um... oh, yeah, Venom's all right. That's just nice. <laughs> Mainly Tom Hardy when he falls in the, when he looks in the mirror and he screams at himself. Uh, <laughs> Top notch acting. Um, yeah, they did because they showed the bit when Mars Morales is dragging uh, Peter Parker across the with the train, and he's using Peter Parker's webbing to get away from the police. Yeah, and he. Although now we're talking about this bit, the, he says the line which always makes me laugh, which is. Um, police are in the car and they say someone dressed in a spider-man costume dragging a like a homeless corpse behind it <laughs> yeah. makes me laugh because it's just making peter parker sound even more dreadful than he actually looks it's so good um, I just, so yeah, yeah. trailer's fantastic when they yeah that post credits as well i think just i remember watching that and i think we left the cinema and i just remember saying i think that's got the potential to get kind of best oscar for animated and it just yeah it just looked amazing it, it also it was just the feel of it as well just just looking at that post credit scene i got a real sense of the the tone of the film that they were going for and i think it's like fresh didn't it Felt yeah. really fresh like yeah. the way it looked and everything i mean the art i mean anyone that's an artist as well or anyone that's into that stuff they must have just thought this is yeah money is, right here yeah. because it just really well done yeah um, so good i mean we might as well just jump into the the film itself. Well, I mean, how where did you see it? Would you you said you went obviously you, you got it on Blu-ray, but you you saw it just twice at the cinema. You yeah, I saw it twice. So the first time was I actually saw it before it came on general release because we we've got Cineworld in the UK and they do like unlimited screenings. So it's uh, they'll do like an early screening of something, and one of them was Spider Verse. And I can't remember how much earlier we saw it. it might have been like a week or ten days or something. But yeah, we we saw it. Well, this just came out and said that's amazing, and it was really hard because you want to tell other people, "Have you seen it?" or whatever, and you kind of can't unless they went to that screening. So I saw that, and then I don't know when it was. It might have been like two, three months. Later. It was late. It was later. But you're you're gonna say you went to the IMAX one? Yeah, they I did. Like I remember a, because I remember being very jealous. Yeah, they did. Um, they do like an IMAX screening sometimes at the the local cinema to me they'll do it where it's like it's like four quid a ticket or something they had into the spider verse on and so i, I text harry our friend and just said we should definitely go see this in, in imax because we were both massive fans and we'll get into this shortly but the main selling point besides the fact that the film was amazing but the main selling point to me and harry for imax was just seeing kingpin on like a massive imax screen massive, we like that will look screen, incredible yeah. what an um, incredible Character design that is as well. Yeah. Thumbed up, Kingpin. Yeah. Do you do you wish you had seen it in IMAX first? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like it was nice to see it early, but we didn't really have the choice. It was sort of two D or nothing, and then wait the ten days. But I was just so eager to see the film that I was just like, yeah, I've got to go see this. So, yeah, it was. I think I saw it. You saw it. Uh, yeah, you saw it earlier than I did. I remember you telling me, 
how good it was. I remember Harry telling me how good it was. I remember thinking I, I was desperate to see it at the time. I went with a lot of people from my work. I think there was about 10 of us and we all loved it. And most of us went again. I think we went again about four days later um, to see it. And I was, I was buzzing when I came home. I remember telling my wife who was, who was home, I just said it was the best, one of the best Spider-Man films I've ever seen. It was so good. And you're trying to explain how it looks because you've got, you know, if, we, if we link this to the actual film itself, you've got animation, you've got like, it's a comic style as well because you have the little text boxes coming up. Yeah. You have letters just flying across the screen at random points. You have, you know, just the style of it was so different to a lot of stuff. Yeah. A little bit of me when I watched it again this morning, little hints of something like Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox, a little oh, bit. Yeah. Yeah. The way the characters move and their, that type of um, how, how, how it's shot or how it was done. Because um, am I right in saying it's sort of like a stop motion in that it was like... It feels like a stop motion, doesn't it? Because it, it does feel like a stop motion. That opening scene with Miles when he's in his uh, in the house with his uh, parents, the way they're moving around the room feels very stop motiony. But like you said, that the thing that then stood out to me that I remember the first time watching that were all the sound effects, all the comic book additions to it, where it was just like when you bump into things and there'd be lines coming off of him, or when he looks at the, I think it's like the hot food and there's like steam coming off of it and stuff. And yeah, it was just the the attention to detail to make it look like a living comic book. I just that blew me away because I just never seen anything like it. And I remember being sat in the cinema and just thinking, this is going to be something that's really special because Definitely. nothing has done this. And like there were signs like really early on as well. I mean, is it the start of the film when the approved by the comics authority thing comes up? Yes, yeah, bang, yeah. bang at the start before uh, yeah. Chris Pine Spider Man starts talking. Yeah, which is such a genius idea for <laughs> the animation yeah. to start with that. I was like, fuck. But there's so much of that, isn't there? There's so much. If you if you just think about the first ten minutes of the film, how much they've crammed in there in such a smart way as well with the stamp. Obviously, when the Peter Parker, the Chris Pine Peter Parker is talking, obviously you get all the Sam Raimi film references like the Mary Jane Kiss and holding the train. The dancing. The dancing, yeah. Like everything is, it's very, very funny very quickly. And it's so well done the first few minutes. I mean, even if that, if that was the first bit that we saw at the end of Venom, for instance, I would have been sold on it maybe even more so because it was so interesting. And the fact that the beginning is so good, obviously they redo it about five times in the film with the other Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. characters. And it doesn't feel like it's, oh, this again. But it feels yeah. funnier each time or it feels completely unique and you, you're excited by it because yeah. there would have been a lot of people that probably didn't know anything about Mars, well, not Mars, Mars, but Spider-Gwen, Spider-Ham. Is it Spider-Ham? No, Spider-Pig. Spider-Pig, Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham. It's like Spider-Gwen. I always, because the film says she's Spider-Woman, but I always thought it was Spider-Gwen. Yeah, well, it's Spider Gwen, and now it's Ghost Spider. Okay. But is Spider is Spider Ham the one from The Simpsons? That no, that's home? that's Spider Pig because it's Spider Pig. That's Spider Pig. Yeah, it's Spider. Yeah, it's Spider Ham, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. See, Spider Pig, Spider Ham. But those people wouldn't have known about that. And obviously, yeah. one, one. I mean, we're we're jumping. Well, this is a. If you've been listening to our podcast, <laughs> this is typical. Things that happens is that I will go back and forth in uh, different directions, but I'll try and get back to my original points as much as I can. But when I watched it again this morning, I did not even think about Spider-Noir. Um, yeah. I completely forgot about Nick Cage's role <laughs> so and how good it is and how his opening montage is so good. Yeah. Uh, 
so depressing but so funny as well like they were great just the the choices were were fantastic yeah and all, um, all those like character introductions as well what i love is that they've all got a different style to them they do like, yeah they're definitely. all very tonally different like I, I was thinking about it yeah yesterday the day before when i rewatched it that spider gwen's art style that sort of like washed out vibrant look so that's amazing that's something that again it was so unique to pitch in that film because it's a film that's just full of style yeah it's actually quite a homage to I mean, have you read the spider gwen comics the jason the tall ones no it's on my list again but just haven't comics i mean the, that sort of style is the comics the pages and the colors on those, those comics feel very different to a lot of other stuff yeah um, i mean i absolutely one. love jason aaron um, so they pop all the colors pop in the comic like matt murdoch is a big part of it and like his hair is like this ginger color that like pops on every page it's uh nice and it's they i think they nailed it i remember i think i think i remember this being jason the tour saying like they nailed spider gwen in the comic but you're right i did notice the spider woman thing as well in her montage she said she yeah. was spider woman i thought oh because she's building everything else as spider gwen yeah i'm pretty sure so and she's not right. spider woman in the comics because there is a spider woman yeah i also thought the suit's different because the suit is definitely a spider gwen suit it's definitely, it's definitely her costume. Yeah. I mean, Spider Woman's suit is completely different as well. It's red, it's, yeah, red, and yellow. I think if I remember yeah. right. Yeah. So it's uh, strange, especially if they they do do another one. They, I mean, I would think they'd shove silk in there and everything, but I can't imagine Spider Woman maybe wouldn't be a part of it. So, but it was it's a great opening, and it yeah, Amazing. like you said, every every character that comes on the screen from then on is unique. From Kingpin, who you've already said, just is. He fills the whole screen and it's such a yeah. good such a good look because his head is quite small but his body is massive and it yeah i actually think i was thinking about kingpin when i was watching it because this is the first time i think i've watched it on my own and actually kind of i actually picked up on a lot more than i did before like i've noticed a lot more easter eggs like bendis being on miles Morales' phone when he's on the train trying to phone his dad because he's scared yeah and so i picked up on a lot more Very stuff good. but I felt like I was thinking more about Kingpin. I thought like he's had a good couple of years as a character because he he was a big part of the Spider-Man game. He's obviously the main villain in this, and he's he's just been such a hit the last few years in Daredevil and the TV show on Netflix. Yeah, and I don't think he's a character that people really really thought would have. Maybe you think about Spider-Man. He's a huge part in the animated series, but he probably isn't one that a lot of people would think is such a big deal but now he has, i think spider-verse has given him a huge kick uh, into yeah. popularity as well because i mean who's the voice actor for him leave um leave schreiber yeah schreiber his voice is perfect for it as well that first bit when he walks in and he's humming and you hear his yeah. voice it's just yeah. uh, it's fantastic and the pen clicking as well it's yeah the pen a, clicking is so good because cool he's like it's such a, obviously it's such a small object yeah to hold next to him he's absolutely massive yeah. he look, he looks fantastic even tombstone like another character yeah, tombstone's very cool uh, it's a very cool character to have as a bodyguard i thought I, yeah I that that version of uh, kingpin as well i just I, I think it is my favorite version of of kingpin i love vincent d'onofrio as as him i think he's menacing and he's unpredictable as well which i quite like i think that's one of the things i do really like about the character of kingpin is it's quite unpredictable but just the way he's done in spider-verse is just it's like intimidation and also the fact that he is the one that like he kills like he doesn't just yeah he just like, doesn't he? he yeah he's a killer like that 
really stood out. I, to shocked. Well, I remember when I, when I first saw it, it was quite shocked that actually he got killed because I don't know if I knew going into the film that there were two, two Spider-Man characters. I yeah. didn't know there was a Pete Parker and a Pete B. Parker. Yeah. When he got killed, obviously that was something I didn't expect. I, I can't ever see in Spider-Man actually going out like that in the comics. But <laughs> yeah. a bit of a bit of a, a twist in the film. But great, everything the way yeah. he the way he's designed and his voice and everything works yeah. for that character. Just so I, don't, so I don't think I like it as much as I do with uh, the Daredevil Kingpin version, Vincent version. But um, okay, but I I love it still. But that's yeah. just because I hold Wilson Fisk in the Daredevil series in very high regard in terms of how much I loved uh, the Daredevil seasons and how yeah. much I love him in it, especially season two when he he pops up in the jail on the yeah yeah. He was, he was very good in it and yeah he was amazing in that i just it i think it is just the fact that i just wasn't expecting kingpin to be basically the entire size of the frame in yeah like when that hit i was like oh my god that's such a smart decision it's bold as so, well because i think there are certain people out there who probably watch it and sort of laugh at how big he is yeah but i think when you start to realize it in the context of the world you're like actually he's just pretty menacing it's pretty menacing big he has a little walking stick as well doesn't he which is even uh, uh, yeah yeah even funnier for his frame generally yeah. yeah and again like his story is really emotional as well his the whole it is story of him just trying to get vanessa back and the way that that flashback is done again it's with that kind of like washed out kind of watercolor-esque style it just adds so much to the tone of it and to his story arc where you kind of you do sympathize with him i think but yeah just loved it. Clever, yeah. clever design. The same with the Green Goblin design as well. Something completely bold. So we, we by the way, I, I can't remember if we told you this. Last year at ComniCon, Luke runs a comic, comic festival. Yeah. So last year, we wanted like a little mascot for our table. And we ended up getting Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is great. But I really, really wanted to buy the Green Goblin pop final, which is... I remember Harry saying it, actually. It, yeah, it was, it, it, it was enormous. But it was, yeah. it was on offer, and I was like, oh, I feel like we'd regret it if we didn't buy it. It's so bold. It'd be great on the table. But Harry wisely was like, yeah, I don't think we'll fit it into the luggage, Super which we easy. definitely couldn't have. I was just adamant. I was like, it'll fit. We can do it. Next time. Next time you see it on sale, yeah. you don't have to bring anything else. Just make sure you bring that mascot with you. I'll fly over on him. On him, yeah, he's big yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. He's massive in the film, though. Again, that's something that was. Uh, wonder how how long it took the creative team to think that's the way we're going to go with him because I don't think you would get away with it in the modern day MCU films necessarily to no. go that bold with that character design. But uh, it was good. It was really funny. And there's obviously a bit when he licks. That wasn't funny until the bit where he licks uh, Peter's face um, okay. when he's attacking him at the beginning as well. Yeah. It's just good. I think it's a shame you didn't actually see him as Norman Osborn as well, or a transformation. Yeah, but it was—he's another character I thought was a great. I think all—I mean, I think all the characters are really well designed. Like I said, Tombstone King, then Prowler is a really cool design as well. Yeah, obviously Miles yeah, Morales generally like the look they had with the when he when he's not just in his suit, but he's got his his jacket and stuff and his hood yeah. up is a really cool look. Yeah, even Peter B. Parker with a bit of a beer belly is a pretty cool decision. Yeah. Yeah, Funny. I feel like everything on that is really just a really smart decision. And like you said, I, I wonder how much of it was a, I wonder how much of it, there was a battle for it. Like whether when they were kind of going through a concept phase, whether people were like oh, you can't do that, it's going to be too, too out there, too ridiculous. Like with Green Goblin or with King. Yeah, King or I wonder. 
and they I were. Wonder, I, mean, I, don't, I wonder how much they would. Yeah, I wonder how much they would just give them free free reign, really, because I mean they came off quite a bit of success, didn't they? So it's by uh, Phil Lord, Chris Phil Lord, Lord, yeah, Chris yeah. Miller. Yes, yeah. so they 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 done the Lego Movie. Yeah, and they done. I know they done the Twenty One Jump Street. I swear they did another animation as well. Something else. Probably should have done more research, but. They did the Lego movie, so I wonder if they thought, well, the Lego movie was so successful. See what you can do with these characters. And I wonder if they just got time to just develop what they what they wanted. I mean, if you were on the board of making decisions or the ones who oversaw things and you saw those first few minutes, for instance, you would probably be sold on it, wouldn't you? You'd just be yeah. like, yeah. You know, James Gunn's Suicide Squad-esque when he, he said openly that the studio came and had a look at some of the footage and they just said, just do what you want. Yeah, After years mismanaging films. Yeah. They've just let James go and do what he wants. So I imagine these two got the option after anyone saw anything, just go yeah. for it. They did um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs as well. That was it. Yes, yeah. we did. Just a good film as well. Yeah. But yeah, just really, really smart all around the design of it, the style, just from the opening. Everything is, I think in the first 20 minutes, it pretty much sets you up for the film that you're going to get. It's here's the world, here's how we're doing everything. Here's all the bold choices. This is what to expect going forward. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I love it. Really, really we, love we, it. We spoiled at that time as well because around that time, obviously, the game came out as well. Yeah. Which also had Miles Morales moments in it as well. I think both came out in 2018, if I remember yeah. right. I think the film came out early 2018 and Spider-Man came out late 2018. You know, and here we are now, you know, I've watched it, like I said, I watched it again this morning and it still was as good as I remember. And I've seen, I've seen it several times since. Actually, just felt like I watched it again for the first time. I enjoyed it that much. Yeah. No, I, think that, that's, I think that's the thing with the, with the detail is that there's so much to, to take in with it. So I feel like on every watch, you sort of take in something new with it. There's like new yeah. little things that stand out. Like you mentioned earlier, the, the sound effects of like the R. And I only clocked on this watch the the symmetry of it that there's the one of him falling where he says ah and then when he's sort of gone through his hero journey and he's become spider-man it's like a woo as he goes up when he's oh, right, is it? And i thought fuck that's such a great detail it's just again it's one of those things that they've just clearly they've clearly sat and thought over all the details and Kind of yeah, really so it's like they've gone through, haven't they? They've probably watched it and thought, yeah, oh, we've got room to add this in. And I'll, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll do this going down. It's like, okay, but when yeah. we when we comes up, we'll go up as well. Just uh, yeah. it feels very much like a complete work. Like it doesn't feel like they left a lot on the cutting room floor, or they it, they didn't leave anything where they're like, oh, I wish I'd done that. It feels all like it was everything's intentional, everything's in that they want to do, and they've thrown it all and given you everything. And it really got, does feel like that. I've got the art of. Uh, into the Spider Verse downstairs, actually, in my yes. and it's it's a really cool. I mean, all the all the designs and stuff. It doesn't delve that much into what the original designs were necessarily, but has it just take apart like the Kingpin design and everything. But I don't think I've read it all the way through though. There's a lot of information in there, so it's probably a gold mine for information of what the craze actually did. But it, yeah, you know, I just wanted a copy, and I've I've looked through it, but I've not read it properly yet. But has yeah, so much work cool. obviously gone into it, and yeah. obviously with the sequel that they're going to do eventually, yeah. I think it's 2022 now, probably. 20, I can't remember. I mean, at least it's a film they could probably work on from their homes, the way things are at the moment in the world. Yeah, yeah. But um, if we reign with this one more, a lot, then sky's the limit with the sequel, isn't it? The the you mentioned as well earlier on the dialogue 
like the the humor in it the line that always seems to kill me is when peter b's like this is just usual evil talk in a minute he's gonna say you've got 24 hours that yeah, whole section's just genius that, writing actually that section has my favorite line in it and it's probably not actually that funny to anyone but i remember laughing at the cinema when i saw it both times i remember laughing when i saw it with my wife and i laughed this morning when they've just done that bit and they fall through doc ock is attacking them and miles morales is invisible be sneaking out with the computer and the monitor oh yeah Peter Parker's like, everything's fine, everything's fine. And then he catches up with Miles and he says, um, uh, good news, you don't need the monitor. And he just yeah. takes the monitor away from Miles. And then you think, why is Miles, why, why is Miles carrying the monitor as well? Like he's obviously yeah. in such a panic and he's trying to do so well. He's carrying both things, but he's obviously really struggling. And he, he's holding on to both whilst he's being attacked by Doc Ock and Spider-Man's yeah. still dragging him. And then just after that, he says, uh, this will be a good time to go invisible. No, you're not going to go invisible? Oh, I'll just get a bagel then. And he takes the bagel. <laughs> Um, I also spe- speaking of that bagel. So again, I clocked on this one because he passes it to Miles just before they swing out into the trees. Miles yeah. then throws it off in the background, and it like hits somebody, like one of the workers. And the sound effect, I'm pretty sure the sound effect says "bagel" with an exclamation it- mark. And I was like, "That's amazing! That's such a clever like sound effect." Because, because they throw it, and then the scientist says they took a bagel. Like, yeah. isn't that the reason they're after them? Yeah. There's, a, there's so much. Funny, funny quotes in there that you could just rifle off. Like it's just, it's yeah. really. I mean, and, it's and so, yeah. even just early on, like when he first meets uh, Gwen, and he's he says that he's going through puberty. It's like I don't yeah. know why it's not loud. Like, <laughs> he walks in the hallway, and he's like, "Why, why are my thoughts so loud?" And he's looking around, and there's a really tall girl in the background. So he's <laughs> really tall. Like it was so so utterly pointless, really, because there's no yeah. relevance at all. But it's the fact that you're just so in this teenager's head that yeah even though he's going through a traumatic part of his life where he's finding his powers stuff, he still notices there's a really tall girl. I guess it's just his senses are heightened, but it made me laugh as well. And, really and yeah, like, even though it's so padded out with humour, it's the story of it and the themes of it are really heartbreaking. Like Gwen's story, because again, because I hadn't read the, the, the books of it, I didn't realise that it, in her world it was Peter that died and that's why she sort of became a loner that's just heartbreaking the way that they've they've shot that and it matches that kind of frame of that washed out vibrant style and the shot of her just walking alone on the street it's just heart-wrenching and it's the same again when you do when you get to the prowler stuff and his kind of journey of becoming spider-man it's that tragic moment that all the spider-man kind of has but with his uncle it it just hits harder i think yeah it's and his uncle's just i mean it's it's the Uncle Ben thing, isn't it? In a nutshell, yeah. but Uncle Ben was in a supervillain on the side, but obviously he's got the Prowler and you know everything like that. Because there's always a sad moments if you think, because Peter B. Bark is broken up with his wife, but Mary Jane on this, on the on the Mars Morales uh, dimension, is he's he would they were happily married still, so he can see that that there there was good there. And Spider Gwen obviously is looking at Peter Parker, but her version of Peter Parker is dead. There's just loads, loads of sad. There is loads of sadness amongst all the laughs as well. Yeah, um, it's very very smart, and I think when you get to the, which hits this has hit me every time I've seen it as well. When you finally get to the bit where he is becoming Spider-Man, and they do again, it's a symmetry. I don't know if you've seen this, but when he when he's with the gang and he's looking at all the costumes, he's not the right height to fit the suit. Yeah, and then when he goes back to spray paint it, he fits it like he matches up to it in the the reflection in the glass. 
just yeah yeah next time you watch it just look out for it like the first time he looks at it in the glass he's way shorter than the the face of the mask and then when he goes back to spray paint it his face fits in the the mask and the reflection i'll have to watch it again later now it's an excuse it's a really nice detail again it's just that that kind of symmetry of his his journey kind of being complete but when he does you know spray paint the costume and and then he's like jumping off the building and everything every time i've seen that i've just wanted to stand up in the cinema and go fuck yeah just like yell it really loudly because it's just so so satisfying loads of smart bits like that isn't it that's the they, they really took their time to put those things in there as well what did you think of the soundtrack yeah amazing like it's it's not my usual kind of style of music i guess like i had no idea who post malone was before i saw the film and then that song just really stuck with around me. now isn't it it's been your brain yeah. forever I, I i love the soundtrack i still listen to the soundtrack now sometimes if i'm walking yeah. to work or i'm you know in the doing other bits and stuff if i go on my phone it's always in like the top ones that i've played and it's just you know if you put the post malone sunflower song on you just going back to that film but just yeah. it's just a very very good song and the whole soundtrack is yeah the whole is soundtrack really, is really and, really yeah. good obviously the music's very good because it links there's a lot of songs on there that are very calm with the sad mm-hmm. stuff and there's some really upbeat songs actually i realized there as well because i've listened to the album so much in between my last viewing how many of the songs were actually in the first sort of 20 minutes of the film yeah um, and you already get snippets of them in the film obviously and also, there's a lot of film songs in the in the film that actually aren't on the soundtrack. Whether it's because of certain artists and everything, yeah. or not, yeah. not having the songs already on their own albums, but a lot of good stuff that isn't on the soundtrack. So yeah. I, I thought the music was, you know, it just all tied together with the the way it looked in the soundtrack and the the voice acting and things. Just yeah. fantastic. And and I, I think going off that as well, the the score, like just the actual score. Yeah, definitely. The, really good, like prowlers theme tune the like yeah. really piercing kind of sound yeah. that's so good again yeah it's really good and obviously you touched on it earlier with um you said you you could tell from an early standpoint that it was most likely going to win an award and obviously did did win an award didn't it which is pretty great in terms of not just this film but other comic films as well winning high praise and awards at these ceremonies but this one was thoroughly deserved i actually would think if it hadn't have won, it would have been a bit of a travesty because it was that that different and that good. Yeah, it was just so unique, and it, you can tell it was just a labour of love. I think that's what it is. Is it? It doesn't feel like just your typical animation. It feels like everybody who's worked on it absolutely loves these characters, these stories. They've got something to say and express with it, whether it's an artistic design or a story element or whatever. It it just all feels like everybody who has has put something of themselves into it, and so I think it really deserve to win because of that the uh the other thing i wanted to talk about just briefly as well was uh stanley's cameo possibly possibly my favorite stanley cameo yes definitely up there i think i mean thor ragnarok cameo was pretty good but uh, was good i think my favorite is always the one in amazing spider-man that's the librarian yes that is probably the best one it's really good i like the one in deadpool as well he's uh he's in the strip club oh yeah yeah is that was that his last no is that his last cameo that he did? Has he got one in Far From Home? Or Endgame? Was Endgame after Spider-Verse? He had one in Infinity War. He's the bus driver in Infinity War. And then I think this came out, didn't it? Yeah, because Infinity War was 2017, 18? I don't know, Nick. I can't I remember. Wish, uh, no idea if I... 
It must be one of his last though, because they they have the tribute to him at the end. Um, yeah. But it, it's just such a nice cameo the way that he's kind of he's cheeky and I like the it's like the one size fits all kind of thing with the suit and how that kind of relates to Miles. I think that's a really nice sentiment. Um, yeah. And they, and they pitch it in a comedic way, but it has so much more meaning to it as well. I think that's what they do really well with it. I've just been looking for to see if it was his last cameo. And two things I've come across that I did I actually had no idea about. I had no idea that Zoe Kravitz was the voice for Mary Jane. Yep. And I also had no idea that Oscar Isaac was a voice in it. For yes, Spider-Man. Spider-Man yeah. Well, if I did know, then I've completely forgotten. But I remember finding uh, that out before I saw the film as well, I think. And so I was sort of waiting for Oscar Isaac to show up and then post-credits hit. I was like, oh, there he is. So, I mean, you mean you've got to assume that Spider-Man 2099 will be in the sequel, the next one. So that means Oscar Isaac's in. Yes. I would hope. I can't okay. see anything about I know it's probably not the right time to be scrolling through my phone trying to find information, but I'm really <laughs> desperate to know if this is last, uh, this is the last one, but I can't see. Yeah, wait. Just hold on a second, everyone. Oh. Gonna find out. He's on to it. He's oh, no. Who knows? No. I have no idea. I can't find it. Anyway, we'll just say that it may or may not be his last, uh, his last one. But if it was his last one, it's a good one to go out on, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it was just so meaningful. And yeah. funny, like you said there's a funny bit with the poster as well to his right. Such a meaningful thing when he says no one. What did he say? He said, it always fits. That's what yeah. he says. Yeah, it's the one and size fits all kind of model. Camera pans uh, around and then he's, um, it's the poster. He says yeah. no reasons. Yeah, it's so, so good. Um, you probably said that. I'm over, I was scrolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. Did you say that? Uh, I think I said one size fits all. Okay, all right. I was scrolling. Very rude of me. That's fine. Yeah. Don't worry, mate. Don't worry. It's the thing with these, you have to do your research before. I was too busy yeah. watching Into the Spider-Verse, <laughs> which in itself is research, I guess. But yeah, what's your favourite part of, what's your favourite bit? I know you said about the bit with Doc Ock and stuff like that, that, that scene. Do you have a favourite a favorite mm. scene, a favourite moment in the film that you would, or is it just Kingpin, first appearance of Kingpin? What was your favourite bit? It probably is the, the what's up danger bit just because it is the culmination of kind of everything you've been through with miles. And so when he finally hits that moment of becoming Spider-Man, that he's, you know, the right size, everything fits and he knows his place. I really like that. And that was something I really picked up again on this, this watch was just how much leading up to that, they're hammering home that he, he never quite fits. Like when he starts at the visions high school, he's really awkward and he's bumping off people and nobody really wants to talk to him. And he's, he's struggling with all the pressures of schoolwork and everything's sort of bearing down on him. Yeah. And so again, when he finally hits that moment of understanding that he is Spider-Man and that he's got his own way and all that kind of thing, it just hits even harder and even kind of more emotively, I think. So it probably is what's at danger just because of the, the journey you've gone through to get there, I think. But I also love Nick Cage. Anything with Nick Cage. Just... Nick Cage is very good. Yeah. I love Nick Cage. Absolutely. My favourite The thing I enjoyed the most, I love the end fight with Mars Morales and Kingpin uh, when the reality is all shifting and all the yeah. parts are moving across the screen and it's the size difference of Kingpin yeah. and Mars Morales. Kingpin underestimated Mars Morales and uh, sort of the end of that as well when Mars Morales is talking to his dad. 
and just the moment like obviously he's pretending to have a deeper voice and everything like that just uh yeah, I really liked. I really liked. If I enjoyed, I, I mean, I enjoyed everything. I know we spoke very highly about the opening, but I like the ending stuff just as much. And I loved, I love Mars Morales at the end, swinging through the city as well, and obviously cementing his place as that Spider Man. Um, yeah, again, I, like just to jump in on that, the talking about the dialogue, the end bit, like the end piece of dialogue where he says, "I'm Spider Man, and I'm not the only yeah. one, not by a long shot." That's such a beautiful piece of dialogue to finish a film on that's all about fitting in and all about finding your place um yeah. kind of going yeah. like i am this but i'm not the only one um yeah, like at the beginning people. he is the only one isn't he that's how it yeah. starts with yeah original peter parker yeah he's the only one so is, yeah it's so so good um i wanted to ask you actually just because i know you've read probably more of the miles kind of storyline in terms of comics and graphic novels and everything how does it fit in with the with the storylines that they were telling in the comics? How do you, do you feel it relates to him as a character? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it does. I mean, it's different. The comics are different as well. They've taken a lot of elements from it, but it's it's a it feels like a different. It's, it's because obviously it's you you go straight into the Spider Verse in this. But obviously, Miles Spider Verse stuff doesn't happen for so long. So Miles feels a lot younger than Peter Parker did in the comics. And he's, like you said, he's a lot more anxious and everything like that. And there's a lot of build to him becoming Spider-Man as well. It doesn't kind of happen super quick. But I, I think it's just, it is just different. Like uh, he, he, in here, they kind of throw all his powers in quite quickly, like uh, the shock punch and everything like that. But in the comics, it's a bit more of a slow burn. If, I mean, it's a long time since I've read the ultimate, the original ultimate Spider-Man Bendis run, but as far as I remember, it took several issues to kind of get to grips with him finding his feet as being Spider-Man, as opposed to obviously getting everything done in an hour and a half in this film. But they didn't really touch upon any of his any of the villains really from his his run either, because I don't I can't remember who his main villain is actually in the series off the top of my head. Beast, I mean, he has a lot of the same villains, just like Spider Gwen does, but everyone has a bit of a twist on them because like, he's. Uh, isn't because I haven't read it. It's again Ultimate Spider-Man's on my list. I think I've read like the odd issue of Ultimate Spider-Man um, that I've just kind of had sitting around, but I've not read it like one to to end kind of thing. Um, but is it that he is on another world? Like he's in another? Universe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. on it. Yeah, he's in a different. Okay. He's in a different place. He only he's in the main universe now because of uh, yeah. a storyline called Secret was it Secret Wars. Was that the one? I can't remember. There was this whole thing with Doctor Doom and the Fantastic Four and everything, and yeah. all the worlds were in different different places, and there were like different war zones, and they collided. But yeah, he's in a completely different. He doesn't know there's other Spider-Men or anything like that. He's the only one, and like, it was the Ultimate Universe, wasn't it? That was the thing. Yeah. Two different. They rebooted yeah. Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, but a lot of the things were kept relatively similar, apart from Spider-Man was changed to Hispanic, yeah. teenager. Which was great. I mean, it's, he's he's just as funny in the comics and things as Peter Parker. But that's why when the Spider Verse thing came out, it was such a big deal because you know Spider Gwen came from it, and they had Spider Twenty Ninety Nine in it and things, and just it was a great great run. And Miles Morales was so popular as well on his own that it's good that there's they're both in the same universe now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's crazy that he's where he's come from now because obviously he's, he's got his own game coming out. Yeah, that was you know, Spider Man game and. Also, you know, you've got to think he'll be a part of the MCU eventually. Um, yeah. 
they sort of teased it, didn't they, with uh, in Homecoming? Because uh, did. Well, Ned, Ned is a big part. Ned is Ned is from the Mars Morales comics. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, okay. Ned is his yeah. best friend. So he's cool. the one. He's the one. Who, I think he's probably. I think he's like the only person who knows because he doesn't have a girlfriend or anything for any of it or some part of it at least. But Ned is like his, the one he has to look after and things. And Ned is his go-to guy. But then at Homecoming, the, the reboot of Spider-Man, the MCU, they took Ned from the Mars Morales comics and gave it him a best friend. So it's almost like Tom Holland's Spider-Man is like Mars Morales type, probably yeah. even more so than Peter Parker in a way. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's unique. And obviously now they're, they, they have hinted at it but also with this whole multiverse thing and, Electro coming back somehow through a gateway after one division. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, they could easily throw a Miles Morales character in there as well at some point. There's, there's obviously something is too much in one film. Now Doctor Strange is in it as well, but you've got to think Miles Morales is going to, he's going to have his own TV show eventually, or he's going to be in the Spider-Man it's film because it's, it's just a jackpot character. Yeah. I think a big, big deal. And he does a lot in the comics now as well. And I, I'm, I'm really excited that he has his own game coming out. I would be disappointed if it's just a really short game, although I've heard it's pretty, it's just a big game still. But. Yeah, I, I think it's, I hope it's, it's substantial yeah. just because I think he's got a really good story to tell and especially in that world as well. Like I, I love that Spider-Man game. Like that's definitely a podcast for another time to discuss that. Definitely, um, definitely. I was thinking, I would like, if I didn't have so much to play now, I would replay it, but I'm, yeah. I'm working on through Avengers at the moment. But I think, yeah, uh, I mean, Spider-Verse, the film, definitely catapulted that character yeah. into a different league. Like, people liked him in the comics, which I did, and people, like, knew of him. Then this this film, that's a, it's a Miles Morales film, isn't it? It's not Peter Parker, yeah. Spider-Man. It's not really Spider-Gwen. It's not Spider-Ham. It's it's obviously a Miles Morales film from the get-go, but it's, yeah. it's, it's just a great platform for him and what the greatest have done for that character. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. And... Uh, we kind of said we we talk about where we saw that kind of storyline going, what we think we'd do in the future. And you kind of mentioned it there with the next Holland Spider-Man film and how they're kind of doing multiverse with it. I wondered whether at some point, cause they tried to do it with this one where they, they tried to put in Garfield, Maguire and Holland. Yeah. So I wondered whether at some point you get that and maybe you tie in the live action film with the, spider-verse animated film and you kind of start to build your multiverse that way that you can kind of say look they are they're running alongside each other effectively they're just different universes you think they could though do you think they could put the animated with the with the like the tom holland spider-man stuff without it seeming too far-fetched i don't know i I, know it sounds mental to say far-fetched in the mcu goes on like like bearing in mind there's a rocket raccoon and stuff like that but just, I would, I would be more thinking that with the deal that they have, Sony and Marvel, that into the Spider-Verse 2, you could have a Miles Morales swinging through like a, like a Roger Rabbit type thing, a cartoon on an actual set, and it'd be like, what the hell is going on? Or like, you know, it would have to be Tom Holland waking up being like, what the hell did it, what the hell did it, it had to be? It'd have to be so quick, I think. I don't think you could hold on it for too long. Yeah. I would love, I'd love it to be so. I mean, they're definitely going to go the way, aren't they? If they can get all the players on board, especially with Sam Raimi being on the Doctor Strange uh, directing duties, I think yeah. there's definitely a hope that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield 
mainly for you because I know how much you love yeah. Spider-Man. Favorite Spider-Man. And it would be uh, it would be great if the animated thing come in there, but I, I kind of think it's his own thing as well. Yeah, I, I sort of don't. I almost don't want it to cross over because I'd prefer it to just exist in its own little bubble. Um, yeah, that's what I would like. I would rather it exist in its own little bubble. I think overall because I want I want the live action thing to happen on its own, and I think there's that multiverse, and you, this has got its own thing going on. I think they could hint towards there's, I mean, they already have, haven't they? Because they've taken elements of the Peter Parker character being Tobey Maguire. Yeah, effectively, yeah. yeah. So although I guess they could happen, the same things happen in the same universe and stuff on some occasions, but I'd, I'd rather them stay separate and I'd rather the Into the Spider-Verse films focus on like Spider-Man 2099 and, yeah, you know, other kinds of Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, I'd really like that Spider-Man 2099 ending as well because it's the fact that he's... When he's introduced, he's been away doing something. Yeah. So it's like, I like the idea that they've sort of built that he's he's got a, his own kind of plot line, but this thing didn't even come onto his radar necessarily. And this was a huge event and he's been yeah. off doing something. So you kind of know that there's more story there to kind of unravel. I'm trying to work out who the villain would be because the villain in the Spider-Verse is the guy who goes around basically trying to eat Spider-Man. Interesting. Like, so he, he goes around different years and stuff trying to collect all the spider men characters spider women as well so Crazy. i don't think he's a big enough household name for it to be a draw necessarily yeah you know with, i guess that's the kind of thing about them using green goblin already like norman osborne probably would have been a logical thing yeah. i'd say a character that i would love them to use for it but i don't think they will because i think he's going to be a big player in the mcu but i'd love it to be dr doom i'd love him to be the villain of the next spider yeah Spider-Man. doom would be cool i'd quite yeah. like him to introduce um madam web i mean yeah that's uh possibility as well isn't it yeah i think like, she fits that again, weird thing. my my inkling is that with the mcu is that they're going to go eventually they're going to get to secret wars i think that's going to be i think that'll be the big ending of these next few phases i think secret wars will be the thing where they you know they might introduce like two or three spider-men in the multiverse thing and then it'll, it'll be like the fantastic four will be a, a huge deal i mean probably another podcast when we talk about thoughts about the future of mcu Write it down, Nick. Uh, so we know. But yeah, in terms of this, though, I, I think the sky's the limit for what they could do with it. But I, I would rather it stick to its own universe, is my point. Yeah, I would as well. I, I think I'd rather it stick to its own universe, but also delve into some of the weirder areas of the Spider Man comics and find a, a style for those yeah. to really kind of stretch it. Um, but again, we're going to have a really, I mean, you think in the next two years, depending on everything with the world with coronavirus and everything that, you know, we'll have this Spider-Man game coming out, probably another Spider-Man main Spider-Man game coming out. We'll have spider into the Spider-Verse 2. We'll have whatever, I guess that's what's going to be called. And we'll have a third Spider-Man film as well. Yeah. So we're going to be sport. There might be too many Spider-Men in the world um, yeah. in two years time, but it's an exciting time to be a fan of Spider-Man and stuff. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be really cool. And, I'm just excited to see what they do with this, considering how much I love it yeah. just as, a, as, a, as a first film. As an origin film as well, I think, again, it kind of goes to show that I think, I think I'm quite a big one for origin films. I know some people are kind of done with them or whatever, but I always really like seeing different interpretations of the origin. And I think especially when it's something like Spider-Verse, which just does it in a unique way that sort of honours the comics and honours everything about the character, but does it in its own kind of mould. Yeah, I agree. I think you've got to handle origins in a unique way now as well. Like you said, it's nice to see them, but obviously we've seen a lot with Batman films and stuff. They've 
people try to do it in different ways and they've still moaned about it or yeah. got annoyed about it. But sometimes you have to set it up, don't you? Regardless, because you never know if someone's ever seen it before or not. You know, yeah. how are you supposed to know who's seen what? And you might have seen the Christopher Nolan Batman films, but you might not have ever seen the Tim Burton Batman films and or it might be the yeah. first time you've seen them. So I think origins are important. I just think people... With Spider-Man, I think people just thought it was so close between Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and Tom Holland Spider-Man that it was a fresh feeling when Tom Holland Spider-Man didn't go into any of the origin story, yeah. um, which was nice. But you know, I, I would have liked to again. I wish, I wish we did have that as well. Like yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, we can definitely about. discuss this at another time because I've got a lot of thoughts about the Holland Spider-Man kind of storyline. But a big gripe with it is always that they've they've missed the Uncle Ben influence. I know they've tried to introduce as Tony Stark is almost like that role, but it just doesn't feel the same to me. You know, with Spider-Verse, the thing that it does so well is that it it really gives you that sense that Miles has somebody to to look up to that he's family, that it's that's Uncle Aaron. Yeah. Um, that's another good bit as well, just to interrupt, sorry, is the the dad making him say he loves him. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, really, 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 really good bit. Miles is so hesitant that he doesn't want to do it, obviously, but dad is so persistent in it. Yeah, and as a uh, barber myself, I feel like if I had that disposal, like a like a talk over a system, <laughs> I would definitely do it to my kid. <laughs> so, just gonna buy a megaphone. Just buy a megaphone, yeah, and shout, <laughs> uh, shout my daughter's name as she walks away from me. I yeah. think that's kind of a natural conclusion. Unless yeah. you have anything else you want to no, throw. No, I think that's good. I think that's that's everything. I think I'm. Well, I've expressed both, my love. Definitely say yeah. We both love Into the Spider Verse. We both love Spider Man, and we will definitely. We should in the next few podcasts. We'll do a maybe a separate MCU one, but also maybe yeah. we just talk about the Spider Man films. That would be really yeah. exciting. I, yeah, I definitely have a lot to talk about with it, and I know you do as well. Yeah. And I can tell you all about why I think Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire are better Spider Man than Andrew Garfield. <laughs> No. Yeah, just get your notes ready because uh, oh, I, I think I'll win that debate. It's <laughs> fine. Um, All right, then, my brother. Well, thank you very much for uh, another great podcast chat about Into the Spider Verse. And the yeah. next podcast we're going to do is going to focus on the Resident Evil franchise, films, yeah. games, uh, the new cast information that we had a few weeks ago. Yeah. So um, we'll look forward to that one. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to you again, Nick. And I'll. Uh, yeah, it's been a bit. Cool. Take care, bye. everyone. Bye-bye.